If you want to come and see me live November 26th, I will be at the Stress Factory Comedy Club in New Brunswick, New Jersey. On December 30th, I'll be at Soul Joel's Comedy Club in Jeffersonville, Pennsylvania. It's pretty easy. If you want to follow me on social media, it's at the Joe Matarese. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm there, okay? If you want my website, if you want to hire me for anything, a live show, I do them. Go to JoeMatterese.com and there's a contact there's a contact tab right there and you can contact me and hire me for one of your events. Okay? It's pretty simple. Let's start the podcast. feeling it are you feeling that i hope you're feeling it because it's monday when i'm recording it it'll be tuesday when you're listening or maybe you catch it later than tuesday but they come out every tuesday pretender to contender my podcast this is uh your friend comedian joe matteris i'm recording monday at 9 25 been a long day it's been a long day uh, so i'm recording late in the day i don't like to do that i don't like to do that because i'm tired now i don't like that hope you can't hear tired in my voice i went into new york city today i did i did gino bisconte and aaron berg's podcast called in hot water on compound media it was my first time on it it was my first time on that podcast and i, I need to be doing everybody's podcasts I don't. Reach out if you want me to do your podcast. Um, I always, uh, I always get back. I might say no sometimes, but I will get back to you. It's pretty simple. Hope you're having a good one, though. What else? What else? We got a lot to talk about. I think it's gonna be a short podcast, though. So uh, get ready for a short one. Okay. Put some, uh, put some questions out to the listeners. Just letting them ask me whatever they felt like asking me this week. I didn't really pick a specific subject. Just threw it out there. And we only have a few. We only have a few, everybody. Everybody who listens, who uh, saw it on social media today, you let me down, man. You let me down. Full disclosure, you let me down. Start being more honest on this podcast. If I can get there. And uh, a good way for me to get really honest on the podcast is you asking, you asking deep questions. You know, it's always there. 951-298-9899. That is the podcast voicemail number. And you can always leave a question on there. Whatever it is. I don't care what it is. I'll answer it. 951-298-9899. Pretender to contender. Okay. So let's uh, let's really let's really dive in. Let's really dive into uh, this week's podcast. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So 
Last week, we took uh, questions. What you would ask Sylvester Stallone in a Q&A, because I was going to the Rocky versus Drago re-edit, reboot, whatever you want to call it. I was going to the premiere of it. I got a special invite by uh, someone who I hire to do my PR sometimes, Meredith, Tr- Meredith Trotter. Thank you, Meredith, for those tickets. Um, so we got something kind of classic to talk about. So first of all, it was it was really fun to go to it. I went with my brother, my brother's son, who's 12, turning 13, and I went with uh, my son, who's uh, 14 now. It was uh, it was his birthday actually when we went, or it was the day after? Well, I don't know. Was the day before? I think we went on the 13th. His birthday's on the 14th. I think we went the day before. His birthday. That's what it was. He wanted to go, so so I brought him with me. And I brought um, two guys I went to high school with. little shout-out to Mike and Gene, guys I went to high school with. Big Rocky fans. And Sylvester Stallone was going to do a Q&A. So I had asked everybody to send it what your questions would be if you could ask. ask thinking that I was going to be able to maybe get a question out. That a Q&A, for me, a Q&A, like if I ever do a Q&A and I add a Q&A to one of my shows, to me, a Q&A is when uh, the audience gets to ask me questions and I answer them. But I guess when you're at the level of Sylvester Stallone, a Q&A is when you have a moderator asking you questions and he's basically interviewing you. So that's what it was. They didn't take any questions from the crowd. There's about 300 people there. It was at the Philadelphia Film Center, right across from the brand new W Hotel in Center City, Philly. Uh, Burt Young was there. We got pictures, lots of pictures with us with Burt Young. Burt Young seemed to be really friendly. He was just right in the uh, in the lobby. They had an hour-long open bar for everyone that had an invite ticket, which was cool. Um and and Burt Young was just kind of walking around. If you don't know who Burt Young is, he played Paulie in Rocky. And you might also know him as a Bed Bug Eddie from the Pope of Greenwich Village. So uh so Burt Young, Burt Young is there. He's letting everybody take pictures with him, but no Stallone. You know, Stallone's not hanging in the lobby letting people annoy him. Because let's face it, uh there's some weirdos. There weren't really weirdos that were in the invite part, but there's definitely weirdos that are hanging uh, out front of the movie theater thinking they're going to get an autograph or something. I mean, there was one guy who was just wearing a fedora with, like, gloves on his hands with the metal spikes, and he was bouncing a rubber ball like he was Rocky. Like, anyone's going to make a mistake. They're like, oh, shit. That's, is, that, is that Rocky? Oh, wait, I'm confused. But there were, there was one guy when we left that was uh, sitting there, you know, he, he was telling us he drove three hours to try to get Stallone's autograph on this picture that he had Burt Young's autograph on. And uh, I had to basically tell him, I'm like, listen, dude, I hate to break it to you, but you're waiting for no reason. Like Stallone's not even in there anymore. He's gone, man. He has his own secret Batman way in and a secret Batman way out, you know? 
Do you think, I mean, you got to be the greatest mega star. So Stallone's an A-list mega star, right? I mean, he is. Do you think those people want to talk to their fans all day? Like how fucking annoying it would be if they tried to say hi and have a conversation with everybody in the day that wants to, you know, take their picture with them and ask them some questions and 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 feel like they're his friend. How annoying their life would be. So, you know, they got to have secret ways, secret way in and secret way outs to everything they ever do. But still, there's people thinking they're just going to walk out the fucking front door and you're going to be able to stop them. Sorry, buddy. You're not. So, uh, once again, I'm going to take the higher road. The higher road, which is Mike Kunda in my past, who was my original co-host of this podcast that used to be called From Pretender to Contender. Uh, As you know, Mike was a... You know, they did a documentary about him called The Pretender that's on uh, Amazon. Uh, He's a Sylvester Stallone impersonator. He looks a lot like Sylvester Stallone. And he gives the Yo Philly Rocky film tour in Philadelphia, which is an excellent tour. Uh, And Sylvester Stallone endorses it and loves the guy and says he's the best Rocky impersonator out there and how he's the ambassador to Rocky land and this tour is amazing. So, and, and I back that up. I, I, I took the tour once with some of my buddies and it was amazing and super detailed and I highly recommend it if you're a Rocky fan. But him and I had a falling out when he was my co-host and I don't really want to talk about him this whole podcast, but basically uh, he was there. He was there, and I, I have a, I don't think he appreciated that I was there. Thank God I'm on antidepressants, because there is just no anger in me left. It's unbelievable, because uh, if you saw the first Rocky where Rocky says, no cheap shots, don't take any cheap shots, he was taking cheap shots at me. In line, he threw a couple cheap shots out there. You know, you know someone's being, like, really sarcastic, where they're acting like they're, oh, glad to see you. But he was like, totally not. He's like, Joe Matarese. He's just yelling my name in line, but in a really sarcastic way, throwing little darts. Uh, and I just I just didn't bite on any of his sarcasm. Then we went inside, and I went over to him. I said, hi. I was with my brother. I go, this is my brother, Chris. He's like, ah. And he started doing cheap shots at my brother, saying my brother... <laughs> It's funny because my brother's on Lexapro too. He has no anger left in him either. So he was, and my brother's fucking big. My brother's like 6'3", like 230, right? He's a big dude. And uh, Mike says something to my brother like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Matarese, I remember your your, uh, negative comments when we would do live podcasts. And my brother's like, what are you talking about? Like, And you could see that... um, this guy had a vivid memory for anyone that's ever shit on him in his whole life. And I guess my brother t- did, but my brother could care less. They were never real digs, as were any of mine when I said a few things when he started bailing on the podcast. But it was still in him, and he was throwing digs, and I just didn't fucking... Bu- I was proud of myself. I God, my son was there, and I, I never like my son to see anger either. But I just there was just it just 
it didn't absorb. It didn't absorb. So I just wanted to throw that out at you. And I had sent him a text before I got there, like maybe like four days before I went to the uh, the screening, just uh, reaching out to him saying, you know, I pol- apologized again. And it took him like a day to get back. And he got back to me. And I don't know if he's ob- oblivious that he's <laughs> not being kind, but like he, he literally said in the text, I'm uh, I never had hard feelings then and I don't have hard feelings now. And then he says in the text, I just want to let you know, though, I never want to do anything connected to Rocky with you ever again, ever. And I texted him back. I go, dude, I'm just trying to be your friend. Like, uh, I could give a shit about fucking Rocky. Like, and I and I love Rocky. I love Rocky. I love the first movie and the whole story behind it. I love it. It's an amazing story. How Sylvester Stallone got that, you know, got himself to be in the movie that he wrote when they tried to not have him in it. It's amazing. And and the movie's amazing. But it's a fucking movie and I walk away from it. it it's not going to, I don't know. These people that live their whole life to a movie and a character is just, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a different kind of person, you know? Uh, I haven't met a lot of them in my life, but it's a different kind of person. And I think my little psychological synopsis of it is it's, it's a protective shield. And when you go inside it, it's not, you don't want to see it. You know what I mean? It's like one of those really beautiful girls, <laughs> I remember Jim Florentine did a one-man show, and he was saying that most of the girls that he went out with looked like this on the outside, and I think he showed like a a pretty girl or maybe a really nice house. He goes, but when you get on the inside, it looks like this, and there was just like shit all over the walls in the house. He goes, these are what all the girls that I went out with were like on the inside, and I think the inside is a little wrecked, and that's why... There's some sort of a uh, a lifelong costume, you know what I mean? That's my little psychological thing. But I don't want to punch down. It is what it is. I accept him for who he is. But uh, I just thought it was a little fucked up that I was trying to be nice, and he just was like, he was a dick. <laughs> he just was. And you know, my son was there. He could care less. He didn't want to meet my kid. Uh, my brother was there. I introduced him, and he he threw those comments. And uh, my friend Gene said something hilarious. <laughs> he goes, well, he goes, dude, uh, he seems pissed. He seems pissed at you. He goes, you probably get a lot of punches in, though, if you got in a fight with him. <laughs> Which is such a fucking funny little subtle line that, like, Rocky doesn't block punches. And you could just throw stiff jabs all fucking day and you'd be connected. I thought that was fucking hilarious. So, uh, so we went in, you know, then we ignored him for the rest of the night. We went in and watched the, uh, the movie and the Stallone Q and a or basic interview was before the screening. Uh, they asked a lot of, uh, in the interviewing world, you would call them softball questions. It was just all shit. You knew it wasn't like there was nothing like it was really cool to be in the room with Stallone and him, uh, him 
being in your presence was fucking amazing. I mean, if you saw the video I posted on my social media when he came out, I mean, you can hear me screaming. Yeah, I mean, I was I was pumped. It was exciting. You know, I had never never seen him live in person before, and it was really cool. Um, but the interview was basic. It was just everything I already knew, and anyone who knew anything about Stallone knew. You know, it was basic questions. Uh, and then uh, then the movie came on, and I got to be honest, I only stayed for about forty minutes of the movie. <laughs> you guys are gonna make fun of me because you know. It was similar how I couldn't watch the um, the the many saints of Newark and how I tried to watch that twice, but the acting was so bad that I just couldn't get through it. And I had to shut it off both times. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but like Rocky Four has some <laughs> it has some really bad acting in it, and you meet people a lot of times that love Rocky Four. Like, oh, Rocky Four is my favorite one, and I'm always like, I don't, I, I. I usually never going to be friends with that person. It's just one of those things. I'm like, how, there's, how is there's, if you think that one is better than the first one that won the Oscar for best movie, you're fucking delusional. Like there's a major difference in the movie. It's super cheesy and Stallone re-edited it and added, a, and I saw a few people on YouTube give this similar synopsis, which was, he should have left it as it is. It was fine. Like, he put all these long, like, acting scenes with, like, Adrian and Stallone when he was, like, at his cheesiest. And 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 Talia Shire's acting isn't good. And his acting isn't good. And there are these long scenes. And you're just like, it, it didn't need this. It was fine. But it is what it is. I, I guess it's pretty cool that he... You know, he re-edited a, in a re- re-edited a movie from 1985, and and it's cool, you know, that he's got that much passion for the jobs, the jobs that he's done in his career, and and that being one of them. So I give him credit for that, but I I think the I think the original is better than than the re-edit. But go watch it for yourself, check it out. Uh, that's really all I wanted to say about that whole situation. Uh, that went down last week at the screening. But, uh, and this podcast, I said it at the top, it's going to be pretty short. It's going to be pretty short because uh, it's just uh, some fan questions. I'm going to answer them. I don't know how much I'm going to elaborate on them. I know there's some good questions here. So let's get to the first caller. Let's see who we got here on the line. Looks like, uh, oh, I remember this. This is a good question. I remember this one. Yo, Joe, what's going on? Arnold, South Jersey. Known you a long time. Uh, random question? All right, what do you think? Is it easier to love someone or to be loved by someone? What do you think? Get philosophical on us. Have a great one. Bye. Well, Arnold from South Jersey, I mean, I don't think it would be philosophical. For me to say this, I think it's just straightforward. I and maybe it's just my life. Um, definitely easier to have someone love you than for you to love someone. To be loved is easier. At least it was in my life. I was always amazed by someone that would tell you that they loved you when you weren't even close to loving them. Do you ever have one of those in your life? What an uncomfortable moment that is. 
I can remember that happening when I was like 17 or 18, some girl saying, I love you. And I was just like, what? It, it threw me. I hadn't even been dating her that long. She said she loved me. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I think I laughed. It was, it was so uncomfortable. And I felt like such a dick because I didn't, even, I wasn't even close, and there was no way I was gonna lie and just say I love you just to f- get the awkward, awkward feeling <laughs> to go away. No, but to find someone you truly love, I mean, my God, I didn't get married till I was thirty-nine, so that tells you how much harder it was for me to find someone that I loved. I mean, I loved other girls. I had a few long relationships. Let's see, I had a four, I had a four-year relationship. Maybe it was about three and a half-year relationship with a girl when I was about twenty-four, and then I had an eight-year relationship with another girl in my in my thirties. Then we broke up, and uh, I didn't meet my wife. I think I was single for about five years before I met my wife. Whew, thank God I met her, man. I was at. I can remember just being like. Just depressed, really sad. Could never. I couldn't even find someone. It was like couldn't even find like a third date. It was just like every relationship. Like there was just nothing there, no potential, nothing. And then it just came out of left field when I wasn't looking. How they always say that when you're not looking, but they always say, "How can you not look when you want to find someone that you love?" Um, if it wasn't for my third cousin, who I never had met. Up until right before I met my wife, he set me up with her. He came into my life. He was interested in comedy. Came to a show. Uh, we became friends, and we started hanging out. And uh, he set tried to set me up with one girl one time, and uh, she had, she wanted no part of me. She didn't even want to go on a date. And then he ended up. My wife was at a show. This is a story I've told eighty times. She's at a show. We didn't meet after the show, but she saw him talking to me, and she knew my cousin from Drexel, where they were both in the same PhD program. And uh, days later, I think uh, they spoke at Drexel. She said she had a good time, and then he passed that on to his girlfriend, who was also in their PhD program back then at Drexel. And she said, man, maybe we should set them up. And then they set us up, and the rest is history. The rest is history. So it's it's hard, man. I feel for people out there that are single and they can't find somebody special because it's, it was it was life changing and it still is life changing. There isn't a day that I wake up where I don't no matter how shitty my career is going or something's going in my life and I'm feeling down. It, it's never as low as it was when I was just single and I would get down. Because now I go, it's just, I don't know, it's impossible to be really low when I see my daughter and my son and my wife and we're preparing for the day together every day. It's just, it's, it's a lot of work. It's fucking insane. We get up really early and we got a lot to do every day as I snuck upstairs in the middle of, of, you know, doing some of that tonight. I got to go downstairs after this podcast is done. And fold a shitload of clothes that are laying on our bed right now. When you got two kids and you got to do... Some of you would say, make them do their laundry. Yeah, okay. 
you don't have kids if you're saying that. <laughs> so uh, that's my answer to that one, uh, Arnold from South Jersey. Let's come on to uh, next question. Hey, Joe. Uh, Matt from Philadelphia calling. Uh, my question for you this week is about you. Uh, you know, I know during the whole COVID time period, uh, you weren't very productive. You weren't inspired to write new material, and your career kind of was paused during that time period. So just curious what your next steps are, right? You've done the um, Remember When stuff is coming back again. You've been doing some shows, but didn't know if there are any future steps. You said you had a new agent recently, so I'm curious um, when your next uh, what your next endeavor is going to be and where your career is going from here. Hope you're doing well, Joe. Hope the family's doing well, and uh, talk to you soon. Another good question, Matt Grissinger. So, uh, yeah, we talked about this uh, this new man, uh, this new guy that I'm working with, who is going to be doing some bookings for me. And even in the first phone call, when we were kind of talking and feeling each other out, I realized something that kind of fell off, which was doing stand-up on television. I just kind of stopped really trying. And he knew about the... And, you know, he was interested in work with me because of the Remember When thing. He, you know, he, he books a lot of corporate stuff. But now he's going to be trying to book uh, lots of things for me besides corporate. But he books a lot of corporate, a lot of really big-name people at corporate events. That's what he really does. And... uh he had mentioned TV and Jimmy Fallon, and then I started saying, you know, I know the booker at Jimmy Fallon. He used to book me on Chelsea lately. It's the same guy, and I might have an in. I know he wanted a – you still have to submit a tape. You have to put the exact five minutes that you want. And, you know, and he said to me, you know, maybe I could – he goes, I could see you doing some of that Remember When stuff with, with the roots because you do some music in Remember When. And what if Jimmy Fallon could – come in and, and, and be part of it, which is like a dream. I, I don't know if that would happen, but if it did, it, that would be something that could really go viral. If I did something about, you know, I do some bits about 80s music. Uh, that's what, remember, when keeps changing and changing back again. It, I tried to do the one-man show version of it at the Emlyn, which, Matthew, you probably didn't know. And you missed the version of it I did at the Scottish Rite, because you got sick, right? You had COVID. Um, I hope that's not saying something I shouldn't have said. But <laughs> you uh, you couldn't make the show, but your friends came. And that was a stand-up version with a DJ. And this was more of a one-man show version that had two serious moments in it. And it had a band that was on stage with me. But they were behind the, um, the big projection screen that we're projecting all the images on. Uh, which I regret. They should have been on stage with me. It was a stupid call. It wasn't my call. I didn't, but I didn't know to say no to it. I said, all right. I let, sometimes I let people do what they do. You know, if you're the guy that is doing the lighting and the stage and, and the, deciding how the stage is going to look during my show, you do it. I, I, I don't do that shit. I mean, I have, I have opinions, but sometimes I trust the person that does it. Um, but what I forgot was, is there's so much fun involved in having a band on stage with you. And that would have came through in the performance. Um, especially when I, I didn't know my set well enough when I did that show. So anyone who was at that Emelyn show, man, do I apologize. That was the worst show I've done in a while. Even though 
the middle of it was pretty good, but the beginning and the end stunk. I just was not, I was not uh, up to par. So to answer your question a little bit more, Matthew, I realized, I really only realized the day before I had that show at the Emlyn Theater that I needed to get some more stage time. I need to get back to how I used to go into New York City and do spots. I can't just, you know, think I can go two, three weeks without getting on stage and show up and do 90-minute shows and be on my game. It's impossible. So, uh, so I've been going back to the city, and I'm trying to put a five-minute set together to try to submit to late-night talk shows. I, I stopped really doing that because it just it, they don't help your career that much. But you know what else doesn't help your career that much? Doing nothing on television. It's it's not good. You don't seem relevant. You got to keep writing new material and you got to keep getting on TV. You just do. And you, or you're putting specials out, but you're sadly it's almost impossible to get someone to uh, give you a special when you don't have an insane uh social media following and unfortunately even if i made one myself and put it on youtube like a lot of these guys are doing the guys that are doing it have pretty big social media following so when they put it on youtube it gets millions and millions and millions of listeners or or people watching it you know whereas i put my special if you've seen it both of my specials are on youtube and amazon on youtube the 6,000 views. I mean, it won't go higher than that, which is amazing because I have one bit from my second special. The second special has even less. I think it has like 3,000 views on the whole special. But then that one bit about, uh, you know, what, what happens on that boat ride? Why, what, why is it that Italians in Italy are so sophisticated with the scarves and, and dignified and handsome and beautiful and that, you know, and then, uh, what happens on that boat ride, right? That has like 1.3 million views on it. And that's just a three minute clip from the second special, which makes you think, oh, we'll just make a lot of short clips. And that's what you need to do. You need to chop your special into 50 little short clips, which is weird because a lot of those clips do exist on YouTube. There's just something about that Italian one that it just exploded that you think, you know, but you can't, you can't chase. You just can't chase. You can't do what you don't want to do. I can't go be an Italian comedian, even though that joke wasn't really about like, hey, oh, you know, I didn't sound like some Guido guy when I did the joke. It was a true observation and how I kind of go the other way. I'm not that tank top Italian. And um, I don't know. That could be something that I could see coming in the future, Matthew. I have been talking to some of the uh, Italian guys on TikTok that are pretty big. Guys with five, 600,000 followers. I mean, I'm up to eight, about 80,000 followers on TikTok. Um, but these these Italians, man, they're just fucking exploding. And not, of them, not all of them are stand-up comedians. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to put a little tour together with some of the Italian guys on TikTok and see what we can do there. So that, that might happen. I don't know, though. Just something we're talking about. But who knows? Who knows? So uh, I hope I answered that in detail, Matthew. 
We got one last question. And I said this was going to be a short podcast. I promise you. It's not that short either. I mean, we're at 31 minutes. 32 minutes. Let's uh, let's go to our last caller. Hey, Joe. It's Jerry Rowan from Philly. So my random question for this week is a follow-up from uh, the Norm MacDonald episode. I was wondering if you ever looked up his Larry King uh his 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 appearance on Larry King. If you ever saw it. Be uh I'd like to know what, what you thought of it. Alright, so long. Well that's a terrible way to end the uh the podcast because I, I didn't, Jerry. I'm now I'm gonna go watch it. Uh now I'm gonna go watch it. <laughs> Should I hit pause on the podcast and watch it? It's probably an hour long. I really can't do it, but I will watch it after this. Um, I've heard Norm MacDonald interviewed on a lot of things in great detail, so I'm guessing Larry King is going to be similar. One of the best interviews I heard with Norm MacDonald was uh, Mark Marin on Mark Marin's podcast. It's an excellent interview, and, and, and a very serious Norm is coming through in a lot of it. And I also heard uh, a lot of, uh, I heard the episode of Bob Saget was just on Artie Lang's podcast, the uh, Artie's Halfway House, which is really good, by the way. His podcast is, uh, I highly recommend it. Artie's back doing his podcast, and he sounds great. And that episode was one, was one of the my favorite ones. I've listened to all of them since he came back. But a uh, lot, of, lot of interesting information about Norm MacDonald and, just just it's amazing how much funny stuff is out there of norm it's like it's almost endless is i don't there's so many clips of norm on youtube hundreds and hundreds thousands and they're all so funny and that show that he had on netflix was so funny too i watched all of those it makes me want to go back and watch them again but uh i'll check that out with larry king and 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 i'll have more to talk about it on next week's podcast. Um, that's really uh, all, all I can say there on that one. <laughs> I apologize, Jerry. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe there's, is there something hidden? Is there something secret in that interview? Well, you're recommending it, and you're a great judge of that stuff. What just fucking happened? Why did my song stop? I don't like that. I don't like technical problems. So uh, that's another episode, everybody. Pretender to contender. I'm Joe Matteris. Thanks so much. Thanks all the callers. The rest of you that didn't call in, you really let me down, man. Pulling behind, showing you behind the curtain this week. Telling you the truth. Not a lot of people called in this week. So next week, come on. I need more of you. And, you know, there is a Pretender to Contender fan page on Facebook. Go check that out and and uh, and join. We have about 650 members. Maybe we, we could get that higher. Go join it. And come and see me live November 26th. I'll be at the Stress Factory doing Remember When, the stand-up version of the show. It'll be an hour long. It'll be an opener before me doing stand-up. Should be a good time the day after Thanksgiving. Then I'm doing a Home for the Holidays show that isn't Remember When, just straight stand-up as I'm working on a lot of new stuff. 
that's going to be outside of the Remember When stuff for when uh, I do regular gigs that, I, that I'm not doing Remember When. So i got to build that material. December 30th, Soul Joel's. It's now in Jeffersonville, PA. Pretty sure that's near Royersford. He had to move indoors. It's indoors now. Soul Joel's, home for the holidays, December 30th. All right? Go to JoeMatterese.com for tickets. That's where you go. And go follow me on social media, at the Joe Matterese. You guys, enjoy the hell out of your week. All right? All right. I got to go. Oh, yeah, I got to go fold laundry. I still can't fold fitted sheets. It's impossible. I'm dreading it. See ya.